0: The visible church of the Lord Jesus today is filled with a mixed multitude. Some present are true disciples of Jesus, saved and made new by His received life in them. Others are only facades of the real thing. A day is coming when this will be made known. Hello folks, I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and the international mission Church Partnership Evangelism. Our ministry is going forward every day in countries around the world. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. In Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 13, the Lord Jesus told the parable of 10 bridesmaids. 5 were wise, 5 were foolish. 5 were ready to meet the bridegroom when he came and to go out to him to the wedding feast. 5 would be found unready and locked out from the feast. For many, participation in the local church is merely a social convention or a psychological therapeutic it's all about themselves it's not about jesus jesus was teaching that not everyone attached to his waiting community the church is truly waiting for him and so not all will be ready to be received by him when he returns to meet the challenges of life and to find encouragement and comfort wonderful that the church offers all those things but ultimately it can be nothing more than that. Find people that I identify with and I have things in common with or we share the same political opinions with or we share the same ideas about certain things and we gather together after the service to find out and test one another to see if we've developed the same understanding of what our social condition is or whatever it is. And that's not what the church is about. It's not why Christ has come among us to live among us. It's not why he's the head and we're to be his body. It's to share in common his life it's not to sharpen the swords of our own ideas and understanding and evaluations. It's for us to come under his word and let him come and work upon us and work in us and then together give us the sermon on how we might live as peacemakers, as presenters of the mercy and goodness and justice of Jesus Christ and his gospel to the ends of the earth. It's supposed to be all about him. But for many, that's not the case. That's not why they come and gather together. That's not why they meet. They meet because they gain a sense of importance here or they gain a soothing of the jangling of nerves or this is a small pond in which they can be a big fish or whatever it is. You have to ask yourself. We have to ask ourselves as a church and we have to answer this. Is this all about him? And should it not be all about him? And can we truly be ready to meet him if it isn't all about him? This is what we're learning in this passage. When I was engaged to my wife, or before I got engaged to her, I was concerned. I understood that God had called me into ministry. I felt heavily the call of God upon my life. I had a rather dramatic story to tell of how God had called me and was preparing me. She didn't. You know, it was a little concerned. I thought maybe she should have a call to ministry as well, and maybe this was not God's will. And I began to express a bit of my concerns, and her answer to me was, Joel... I believe that God has called me to be your wife. I'm called to you. If God wants you to be a janitor, then I'm called to be a janitor's wife. And if God is calling you to be a pastor, then God is calling me to be a pastor's wife. And that was good enough for me. It's like, it was even better. <laughs> it was quite wonderful, and it was incredibly humbling. She wasn't fulfilling some domestic dream for her life. She wasn't pursuing her self-actualization through me. She was called to me. A wonderful way, this is how it is for the bride of Christ. We're not coming to Him in order to fulfill some dream that we have for ourselves. We're coming to Him for Him. We come to attach to Him and be with Him. And then He gives us our assignments as we see how He lives and how He loves and how He works. And we go out to be helpmates The way that he lives and he works and he loves within the world around us. It's a good and powerful lesson. When Jesus comes, it will be revealed that many in the church were there for him and were waiting together for him. And they had their eyes upon him and they'd come just to be with him. But it will also reveal that there will be many in the church that were there for the experience or for the benefits that the church afforded to them or the identification with the Christianity afforded to them. Some were looking through salvation to a person and others were assuming upon salvation looking for an experience. And it can all look the same. But the oil in one lamp burns out. And the spirit that Christ gives to the true child of God is an oil that lives and burns within us forever and ever and keeps us ready for him and ready to go out to meet him in order that we might be with him for all eternity. There's a a profound difference. That's what Christ is saying here, a profound difference. And the day will reveal it. Here's the third and last point. When Jesus returns for his people, many in the church, and this message is for those within the church, many in the church will find out the singular importance of Christ and his salvation, but it will be too late. His coming will be sudden. Though it has been delayed in the delay, they did not make use of the delay to prepare themselves to meet him and to acquire for themselves that salvation which is a light that burns out from them. They presumed upon some religion or upon their identity in the Christian community or upon some intellectual belief or upon some prayer that they prayed years before while they went on their merry way. And just like all others, they say to themselves, I'm just like everybody else. I've got a lamp here. I've got oil in my lamp, we're living together, I'm just like them, there's no difference from me. But they never had their eyes of faith truly on Christ. They were always looking to themselves and their place in the play they were acting in. And at midnight, when he comes with a cry of introduction, the bridegroom comes, go forth to meet him. They discover in that moment that they've been playing a role for their own sakes. They had burned oil of a role play, which was over. The true hour of reality had come. And they had no oil of the Spirit of God burning within them to shine out upon the face of their Savior as they went out to meet Him. They will say to those that are around them, ready to go out and meet the Lord Jesus, Hey, give us some of your oil. Give us what you've got. But you cannot borrow your salvation from someone else. You cannot borrow a love for the Lord Jesus or a life surrendered to the Lord Jesus from someone else. You cannot take the spirit that the Lord Jesus gives to those who have truly trusted in him and believed in him and somehow give it to another. At last, it says, they'll bang on the door saying, let us in, Lord, let us in. But the door is going to be closed and they're going to be left out. A sobering picture that the Lord Jesus is teaching in this passage. Not wheat and tares, but people. People, people, presuming upon a celebration, but without the Savior, without a true life with Him, and without the salvation that He gives, presuming all through their days, presuming right up to the door, banging and saying, Lord, Lord! Caught up maybe in the deceit of the story they've been telling themselves so long they believed it, but He doesn't, and He knows the truth. When Lord Jesus shares this parable, it was meant to startle those who were listening to him. It was meant to be heard by the disciples who were listening to say these things, who, by the way, shortly after this, are going to deny him and flee from him. And they'll remember the story then. And they'll see their betrayal in that moment, in that hour, and that wandering, and their doubt. And in that moment, they'll say, Lord, may the day never come upon me. Give me yourself, only yourself. Turn me completely into you for your sake and for your glory and your honor. Make me love you and take me unto yourself and take me away from myself. Give me your salvation. Take my sin. Take my life. Take my effort to prove myself and to be someone. Let me be nothing and you be everything. That is, by the way, a call of true repentance and of true faith. It's what the Lord Jesus is looking for and listening to and anyone who would come to Him and trust in Him for salvation. It's what oftentimes He does not hear from people in the church itself. They may talk about the terms and they may declare about them and they may nod all their heads, etc. But the reality is in the closed door of their lives, in the moments when God is pressing upon them, they say another day, another hour, another moment. But they downplay the importance of it all together. But in the moment of Christ's return, they'll know forever that this was the one important thing. The one important thing, but at that time it will be too late for them. You cannot borrow salvation from someone else. You have to go to it and get it from Christ alone as you trust and believe in Him alone. You don't gain it by socializing with those who have it. You must find it all by yourself in Him alone as your eyes rest fully upon Him Believing in Him alone for your salvation, for your forgiveness, for your present day and present hour and for your future. And when you do that, when you do that, the light of salvation begins to burn in you. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to you as lasting oil to burn forever. And you become a part of the waiting, wise group with oil burning you of the Holy Spirit. Oil that will burn through the night of your long waiting and bring you to meet him in the hour in which he returns. Lord, give me that oil. Lord, thank you for that oil, that promise, that hope. My hope is built nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. How we have failed to understand the full depth of our own deceiving hearts. Failed to understand how we willingly listen to the song of our own tune written to bring us comforts. How easy it is for us, dear God, to steal the song of heaven and whisper it to our hearts without an embrace of the person and a rest in him. And his life. Dear God, reveal these things. It's not our duty or our call to go up and pluck the grain and differentiate between the two. You've told us that we're to test ourselves to see whether in the faith. You didn't command us to test others. We're here before you. We've heard the gospel, we know it's true. But you know, oh God, you know. If it's a convention for us, or whether our life is cast upon you, and whether the meager, weak clinging of our faith is to your garment and to your hymn and to trust in you. You know, God, it's proven in the hour of testing and trial. Where do we turn? Where do we turn? Do we turn to you? Do we cling to you? Do we hold to you? Oh, God. I pray, dear God, the simple reality of a saving faith might be known in each one present here, that they might know that we are saved by faith, just by faith in you and all that you've done. But that we might also know it's proved in this the just shall live by faith, from faith to faith. The faith that brings us into salvation, that powerful gift of God that's given to us, which is not of works, it's your gift of grace, that faith endures by your grace ever clinging, ever looking to a person. May that be found true of all here and all who hear this message we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to direct you now to a different website at the end of our broadcast than I usually do. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 commands that the Christian test themselves to see if they're in the faith. In answer to this command and with the desire to bring Christians into a sound and true assurance of saving faith, we've developed a website and a book for this purpose. Go to SavingEvangelicals.com and take the test and order the book by the same name, Saving Evangelicals. I can't think of a more important book for our day. Again, thanks for listening to the Bread of Life. Until the next time, may God bless you.